1 Samuel chapter 3 verses 1 to 15 it's a well-known portion of scripture and I'm going to read it to you now um, 1 Samuel chapter 3 verses 1 to 15 meanwhile the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli now in those days messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Remember that. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called again, Samuel, or Samuel, because that's how God speaks like that. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to, bat, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know that the law did not know. Start that bit again. Samuel did not know the Lord yet because he had never had the message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls, calls again, um, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I've warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons were blaspheming God and he, uh, he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and the sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. Samuel stayed in bed until morning, then got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. Father God, I pray that for the next few moments, that Father, that you will speak. That God, that by your word, O God, that you will come and you will come sharper than a two-edged sword and you will pierce the darkness of people's hearts. God, I pray, let no man or woman walk out of here the same as what they came in, but let everybody get something from you. The Lord Jesus, we just don't want another meeting because for meeting's sake, they are, they're, they're nothing without the anointed and the spirit of God. So Father, I pray this morning that God, that you will come and that you will help us, Father, to have a greater understanding of you and and your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen and Amen. Hey, turn to the person next to you and say, I need you. I need you. I need you. Now, the thing with it is this. Is that we've just read. We've just read here. Uh, the story, a great story. About a young boy by the name of Samuel. Who had been given from early birth, really. To the, uh, to the, the temple, to work in the temple. We know that his mum used to come every year and bring him a new linen ephod because he was growing and there's something in that about every year that we need to put on a bigger jacket. We're not talking about that this morning. But this is a young boy who is now serving Eli in the temple and Eli needed Samuel. He needed Samuel. But also, Eli, uh, Samuel needed Eli. 
And I want to say this right at the very outset of what I want to share this morning, that two is far better than one, that we need each other, that we can't do this thing called life. We can't do this thing called church alone. Actually, each one of us needs each other in the whole company of doing life and church together, that everybody in this room has something to bring. Everybody in this room has something to offer, that actually the young people need the older people and you older people need the younger people and together that is why church when church works in unison and the two become one and they work together let me tell you something amazing happens Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli in actual fact there is something about the church of Jesus Christ which is amazing that actually this morning, did you know that we are partnering with God in bringing his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, today in Lytham. That actually being here right now, that we have the incredible privilege, if you are a Christian here this morning, of partnering with God, the spiritual, in doing the work of building church. It's amazing that actually that we humans, sinful as we are, broken as we are with all our hang-ups and everything else, that God chooses us and we get to partner with him in building church. And actually, not only do we get to partner with God, which is a whole spiritual thing, on a practical level, we get to partner with each other in building church. It's a two-way thing, both the spiritual and the practical, partnering with God and partnering with each other. Other in Ecclesiastes chapter nine, uh, chapter four verses verses nine and ten in the Message translation it reads like this: It is better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work, share the wealth. If one falls down, the other helps. But if there is no one to help, tough. Same same scripture in the NLT says this, and it may be a little bit more familiar in this uh, particular version in the NLT. Two people are better than what better off than one for they can help each other succeed if one person fails the other can reach out and help but someone who falls alone is in real trouble that's why we need each other we can't do this thing called life alone. It's an incredible, incredible privilege for me to have one of my good friends Byron with me today all the way from Life Church in Bebbington look at him Gorgeous man. He's driven me here this morning. Yeah, give him a round of applause. Look here. You've got to stand up and wave now. He's not going to do it. But me and Byron were talking about this on the way up this morning. That actually that we need each other. That when one of us is feeling down, that the other one can pick each other up. And there is something about church where we need each other. Samuel needed Eli. Eli needed Samuel. No man is an island. We need the body of Christ to have the power of both harmony and agreement. I will say this, is that the church is one of the most amazing places on earth. It's brilliant. It's also one of the most toxic. I've seen more churches and I've had the incredible privilege of, of seeing church be built. I've also seen church be absolutely ripped apart by gossip and by nitpicking and all this. Let me tell you this. I believe that 
The Bible says this, so if the Bible says it, I believe it too. But I've seen it happen so many times. Where there is unity, where there is unity, God just gives a blessing. It doesn't say that. It says where there is unity, God commands a blessing. He speaks blessing. So when, when we see church working in harmony and working in agreement, that is where blessing begins to flow. Blessing begins to flow from a place of harmony and agreement. You know, I'm reminded in Acts chapter 2 verse 1, New King James Version, it says these words. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come and they were all accord in one place. Suddenly, verse 2. Suddenly. Let me tell you this. Half the time, churches don't get the suddenly because they're not in one accord. We all, pray for the, we all pray for the blessing of God. We all want God to move. And God says, I can't move because there's not harmony. There's not agreement. You're not in one accord. We need, one, we need to be together. We need to be in this together, championing each other on. Now, I know. I've been around church now for 40, for, for, I'm in my 46th year. I know, look at me. 46 years. I don't look a day over 70, do I? Do you know what I mean? This is what, this is what church leadership does. But I want to say this, is that I, I love my two sisters. I have one sister who lives in Australia, in Adelaide. I have another sister who lives in Exeter, down in Devon. I love my mum and dad. They both now live in Exeter, down in Devon. With my, with my sister. I'm so glad they didn't move up here. Is, this, is that being recorded? Just, just clip that bit out. My dad is my best mate. My best friend. I speak to my dad every day on the phone. Every single day without fail. At some point during the day, we will talk. And my, my wife gets mad at me because we just sit there and we tell the same jokes to each other. We have the same conversations and we laugh. We know what's coming. <laughs> we know what's coming, but we still laugh. But you know I said I went down at Christmas before. Oh my goodness me, they got on my nerves. Why? Because it's family. And as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Some of you in this room, you will get on each other's nerves. Let's not beat around the bush, it's true. Because where there's people, there's problems. Where there's people, there's pain. But it's what we do when people get on our nerves, do we have a go at each other? Or do we actually say, do you know what? Let's work this through together because we're family. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. And where there is agreement and where there is harmony, God commands a blessing. Two verses one. Now, just as a side note, I said this before. Very, very interesting. It says that Samuel slept next to the Ark of the Covenant. Side note for a second. I believe that there is something about when we are in close proximity to the Spirit of God. When we're in close proximity to the presence of God, God can speak. Now I'm not saying that God can't speak when we're not in close proximity. Because so many times God does speak when we're so far away from Him. But I do believe that we can hear the voice of God clearer when we're in close proximity to His presence. Don't step outside the presence of God. Sleep near Him. We need to intentionally make sure that we are near the presence of God. Samuel could have slept anywhere in that temple. He didn't have to sleep there. 
He chose to sleep there. How many, how many of us actually choose to spend time in the presence of God? If this is just it, once a week, it's not enough, friends. We need to be people that are daily going into the presence of God, intentionally making room for the presence of God. The second thing is this, is not only we, we two verses one, two is better than one. The second thing is this, is that here I am. Three words he spoke. Three words that Samuel spoke when God spoke to him. Samuel, Samuel. He went running into Eli and he said these words, here I am. He didn't actually say them to God. He said to God, speak, your servant is listening. Because by that time, he'd recognized the voice of God. He went to Eli and he said, here I am. The words here I am spoke of three things. Number one, it spoke of accountability. Here I am. Number two, it spoke of vulnerability. I'm open. And number three, it spoke of availability. I'm open. Do you know what? We need to be a people with each other and with God. Here I am. Accountability, vulnerability, and availability. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't say the words, here I am, but he said, God, if this cup can be taken away from me, let it go. In other words, he was saying, here I am. Accountability, vulnerability, and, and availability. It's a great picture of the generations working together, of the young boy hearing the voice and then going who? Going to the man that was blind, but he knew the voice of God. He recognized the voice of God. If you are young in, in, in um, uh, a, a baby Christian, if you've just become a Christian, you might not understand or recognize the voice of God. That's why I said to you before that you might not even know it's the voice of God. That's why you need your mum and dad. That's why we need each other. There is something about an understanding. Here I am. Here I am. Wholly available. And then he says these words. Speak. Your servant is listening. We need to be people that when we hear the voice of God, actually, sometimes we can just hear the voice of God and then we don't listen. There's a difference between hearing and listening, you know. There's a massive difference between hearing and listening. I've really had to work on this with me, and I still do it now to some extent, and I'm going to be, again, vulnerable with you. Um, you know when you speak to people and you don't look them in the eye, and you've got somebody and they're looking over their shoulder while you're talking to me, and uh, Rochelle, and I'm just looking over my shoulder, looking at my brother there, and, you know, he's, he's waiting to talk to me, and I'm like... That's just hearing. We're not supposed to be people that hear. We're supposed to be people that listen. Let's be people that not just hear the voice of God, but listen to the voice of God. Sometimes we don't like to listen to the voice of God because we don't like what the voice of God is saying. No, he's still an answer. I'll leave that one there. The third thing is this is that he says this incredible statement at the end. Samuel, this is after God had spoken to him. He got back into bed next to the Ark of the Covenant and God begins to speak to him and God basically says, I'm going to wipe out Eli and his sons. Great word, thanks God. 
But then it says these words. It says, Samuel stayed in bed until morning, then got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. As usual. You know, sometimes when we hear the voice of God and God speak to us, we can remain in that place for years afterwards because we like the high of what it gave us. I've been in some incredible meetings. I've been in some incredible meetings where God has moved, where I've watched blind eyes open. I've seen it happen right in front of me. I've seen legs grow. I've seen where a guy who came forward for prayer and he began to be prayed for and then he was slain in the spirit and I, I, I've seen it. In fact, I've still got it now on, uh, on VHS video. <laughs> and as he was being prayed for, this guy began to bounce on his back. Demon possessed. Up to about the height of that on his back, rigid. Bang, 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 bang. And when God begins to move, things begin to happen. And what can happen is this, is that we almost build an altar there and we want to stay there forever. We want to live in that moment. I've been around so many Christians that are living on past experiences. The Bible says this, is that my mercy is on you every morning. But so often we live in something that happened five, ten years ago. Now I'm not decrying it. Because there are moments in my life where God has spoken to me. That God has moved and I can look back at it and say thank you God. But actually we can't live in that because God has given us something to do that I believe is far greater. And the only way that we can move on is sometimes if we turn 180 and begin to walk in the way that God has called us to walk. In Matthew chapter 17 we have this incredible picture of of Jesus with Peter, James and John and they go up the side of a mountain. They go up the side of this mountain and and then all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah appear. Bang! They're there. Imagine that. These two guys, men of God, incredible men of God, appear in Matthew 17. And it says that Jesus began to speak to Moses and Elijah. You imagine Peter, James and John just standing there Thinking, well, what do we do now? Moses, Moses is standing in front of me. The the father brought the Israelites out of Egypt. Wow. Elijah called down fire from heaven. Licked up everything. Standing there talking to Jesus. And then Peter, because he's like me, loud gob, sometimes puts his foot in it, says things that sometimes aren't correct. He goes, Jesus, he goes, let's, let, let's stay here and let's build three huts. Let's build three houses. And you, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. They couldn't do it. 
Jesus said, no, we've got to go back down the mountain. Why? Because they still had work to do. So often, just like Samuel, he had the voice of God. He had the audible voice of God speak to him. He could have, he could have made a CD series. He could have been on a preaching rotor. He, could, he, he would have been all over the place, selling all kinds of things, have his own podcast and everything. But no, it says that he got up the following morning and opened the doors of the tabernacle as per usual. Do you know what some of us... We need to stop living for what has happened and start living for what can happen and actually open ourselves up as per usual. Just keep doing the things that we've always done. That means if you haven't seen breakthrough yet with family members that are away from God, keep praying. Don't give up. Don't don't stop pushing in. Keep going, God, I'm here. I'm going to keep praying for them as per usual. There is something about just doing things steadily every single day. Eli could not open the tabernacle. If, he, if, if Samuel had gone into Eli the next morning and gone, Hey, Eli, I can't do this anymore because I'm now going to have a worldwide ministry. Samuel has, God has spoken to Samuel Ministries, Inc. So I can't, I can't, I, I can't do it anymore. You're going to have to find somebody else. But Samuel knew that even in the divine, the practical still needed to be done. Even in the anointed presence of God, the tabernacle door still needed to be opened. As per usual. I believe that every church needs to be full of Samuels. Full of Samuels that will just as per usual. God's spoken to me, John. God's spoken to me. Yeah, but the toilets still need cleaning. The place still needs to be hoovered. Because we can have, if we live in a place of just constantly living in, in the divine, so to speak, and we don't ground it in keeping the doors of the tabernacle open, nobody's going to come in. We'll all be having a lovely time in here, but the whosoever won't even get through the doors. We need... Hope Church Lytham needs Samuels with no agenda, no ego, but a spirit to serve not only people, but God. Not only people, but God. So, when we're moving the chairs and hoovering the floor, actually, we're doing it for an audience of one. Knowing that actually, our little bit is making the tabernacle ready for the whosoever to come through the door. And through it, God is doing something amazing. I will say this in closing. You know, I've been challenged greatly by this recently. And uh, I've been talking about it a lot at Life Church. And uh, I had somebody see me the other week. And they said, oh, you keep talking a lot. 
you keep talking a lot about money all of a sudden, Aaron. What's wrong with you? Why do you keep talking about money? Well, because God spoke about money, or Jesus spoke about money, actually, more than anything else, if you read the scriptures. But anyway, you did. But I would say this, is as we are growing as a church, life church now, I'm not, I opened that then and I didn't take a sip, did I? You looked at me then and thought, why did he open that and then not take a sip? As, as we're growing, we have, God's blessed us incredibly. But just to open the doors of Life Church now, it takes £19,000 a month. <laughs> Flipping heck. I saw you then. <laughs> Flipping heck. 19 grand a month to open up the doors of Life Church. You see, to open up the doors of the church and to make it warm, particularly in the winter, there's bills to be paid. Just to put the lights on, even though they look lovely, takes time. For Pastor John to come and visit you, he needs to put fuel in his car to be able to come and see you. And I would say this, is that the practical doesn't stop at finance. The only time in the Bible God said, test me, is with your finances. So I would say to you, and I'm saying this to a lot of churches that I go to now, and I'm not ashamed to say it, that the church of Jesus Christ not only needs your practical gifts, but it needs the gifts that God has given to you financially. Don't scrape and don't scrimp on giving to Life Church. Don't scrimp and, 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 and not give to Hope Church, Lytham. Because through it, let me tell you, we can build something amazing. And it isn't for Aaron Partington. It isn't for John and Ruth Filmer. It's actually so this place can keep its doors open as per usual. Everybody bow their heads and close their eyes. With this, I'm going to close. The one-note musician... inspected her violin, took her seat in the orchestra, arranged her music and tuned up her instrument. As the concert proceeded, the conductor cued one group of musicians after another until finally the crucial moment arrived. It was time for her one note to be played. The conductor signalled. She sounded her note and then... Her moment was over. Just like that. The orchestra played on and the one-note player sat there quietly for the rest of the concert, not disappointed that she had played only one note, but she sat there with a sense of fulfilment, knowing that she had played her note in tune, on time, and with great enthusiasm. I believe that for each and every Christian, God is looking for each and every person to play their part in the great commission of going into all the world, preaching the gospel, baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the right thing. And all we need to do is play our part, our note, on time, in tune, and with enthusiasm. That's all we need to do. So Father, I pray this morning 
the God that by your spirit, the Lord Jesus, that you will help each one of us. Whether it be me and Byron from Life Church or whether it be the guys here at Hope Church Livam. Look, Father, we once again surrender our lives and we say, Father, we just want to play our note on time, in tune and with enthusiasm. That as per usual, we just want to keep the doors of the church open. That God, we want to be a people of harmony. We want to be a people, oh God, of accessibility where we we together work in partnership, not only with each other, but with you. But God, what a privilege it is to serve you. What a privilege it is, oh God, whether we work in church or whether we work in the workplace. But God, the sphere of influence that each one of us in this room can have. But Father, I pray that even tomorrow, whether we go to work or whether we go shopping or or whatever we're doing, that God, that we will be a people. That Father, will look for the small opportunities to play our note on time, in tune and with enthusiasm. The Lord Jesus is never ever for our glory. God, I pray, crush ego, crush agenda. And Father, we give ourselves over to you afresh and we say, have your way, O God, that you will use us for your glory. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.